Lincoln Land Hospice of Sarah Bush Lincoln cares for and supports people who are terminally ill. It's a comprehensive program of care that includes support for family members. Lincoln Land provides bereavement services to a 20 county service areas for individuals, groups, and families through grief support groups, memorial services, and special events. Our guest for this edition of Health Styles is Ressa Ware, bereavement counselor, who will talk about grief, the grieving process, and how COVID-19 has impacted those who have lost loved ones. Friends and neighbors, our hearts beat to heal yours. The Sarah Bush Lincoln Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and in some situations, extraordinary. You see, that's why we're here, to treat you with first-class technology and simple human kindness. The Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. Trusted, compassionate care. Right here, close to home. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We're so glad that you joined us today. And with me is Ressa Ware. Uh, she's a bereavement counselor with Sarah Bush Lincoln's Lincoln Land Hospice Program. Thanks for stopping by today and visiting with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about what you do and what in, what's involved in your job. Okay, so I'm one of two bereavement counselors for Lincoln Land Hospice. Uh, we provide bereavement support, including counseling in person. We either go to the home or we, they can come to our office. Uh, we do grief groups. Uh, we offer a phone call every month, sometimes even more than once a month. Uh, and then we have several different memorial services throughout the year, throughout the year for families uh, of our hospice patients. And we, our services usually go for at least 13 months after the death. Um, then another really interesting thing we do is we offer the same services to all of our community members. So as long as you live in our service area, you can call and get any of those services for free as well. So you mentioned several times in-person services, grief groups, mm -hmm. and I think about what where we've been. We're recording this. It's now uh, June 10th, and so for the last few months, we've not been able to meet in groups and and have gatherings. What impact has that had on people who are going through the grieving process? It's definitely been really hard. A majority of the people that I've talked to have really struggled with having that isolation. Um, they've, they've been reaching out a lot more via phone. And I, they've even said like, oh, I call my kids every day or oh, I call my sister every day. You know, they just have kind of been really using their phone a lot more. Um, so it's definitely made the, the grief process a little more isolating than it already is. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the grief process. We often hear about these stages of grief. Yeah. So honestly, through this work, I have had the privilege to work with a lot of different people. Uh, and I also work with children. So one of the main things I ask a, a child is, uh, do you know what grief is? Have you ever heard that word? And most of them say no. Uh, one little girl told me once, she said, oh, I definitely know what grief is. It's when you have hurt in your heart. And ever since that, you know, I've kind of adopted that as my definition for grief. Um, pretty much encompasses any feeling you can think of. Sadness, anger, happiness, confusion, anxiety. Uh, I always like to talk about grief in death, but also grief in other losses, too, because we grieve lots of different things mm -hmm. in life life changes, divorce, loss of your friendship, 
Um, even the loss of like something precious to you, like an, a necklace or something, a toy that a child loses. Uh, it's always important to note that grief is not this linear process that you just go through these five stages. Um, there are five stages. I mean, that those definitely exist. You know, we hear denial, we hear bargaining, anger, uh, depression, and those are definitely things that we all go through during the grief process, but we go back and forth. We don't necessarily go through anger and then bargaining and then you don't check one off no i mean you kind of go back and forth Mm -hmm. so and it's it's not like you just all of a sudden come to this resolution where okay i'm okay with this it's more of a an acceptance that this is your reality you have lost somebody important to you and and that's okay so does grief have a timeline or you know a length that it it lasts for people Definitely not. Um, It's different for everybody. So, and that's another important thing to note is that every person experiences it differently. You and I could have the same exact loss and we would still go through the same or a different grief process. So it's, it's interesting, you know, I have people that feel some sort of resolution and they're okay after a year. Some people it takes three, five, ten. I mean, it's just, we just, there's no time limit on it. Do you have some people who think, okay, I'm good, I'm done, and then it comes back? Oh, absolutely. All the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll call and say, you just want to check in on you. This one. Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing good. I don't need you to call anymore. And then a couple months down the road, wow, I'm just really having a hard time. Maybe I do need to, to utilize your service to get some counseling. So what would you say to people, you know, we've got people can listen to this podcast anywhere in the world um, who maybe are feeling that loss because they can't go to a grief group or they can't, you know, talk in person with a close friend and they're feeling isolated. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just goes back to that phone use. I mean, and that's kind of a scary thing to just pick up the phone and say, I'm really struggling right now. Um, But I think that's the main thing that I would encourage people to do is to use that phone and just reach out to people and there's technology today is so broad. We can do so many things. We can video call people. Um, there's tons of resources out there on the internet that you can go and there's support groups on Facebook. There's all, there's different things that we can utilize even though we can't be in person. And it may mean that you're reaching out more often than you normally would, but that's definitely the main thing. I was, I would encourage people to reach out. Let's talk about how the COVID really changed for many families who had a loved one die during, you know, this time, you know, March, April timeframe. You couldn't have that kind of traditional funeral and memorial service. First of all, what does that funeral and memorial service do for the person who's lost the loved one? Well, ritual, the memorial service, the funerals, visitations, those are all really important in the grief process and the mourning process. It kind of kicks it off in a way. You know, it's the way that we can all come together and remember our loved ones, hear lots of memories, even just get a hug from somebody you weren't even expecting to get a hug from. I think one of the most powerful things of a visitation is when you just see that line going out the door and you're like, oh my gosh, this is how many people loved my person just as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And that's just really like powerful and comforting to see that. 
Um, and people are definitely struggling with that right now. Majority of the people I talk to, the first thing they say is, I can't do what, I can't do my service like I want to do it. I can only do a small graveside. Hopefully we can have something later in the summer, but we don't know where it's going to go or when that's going to be. And a lot of people are having trouble uh, with realizing that this is their reality, almost like their grief is delayed because they're not able to process that and see that, hey, this is this is what has happened and this is the change in our life now. Well, and when you think about anybody who's been to funerals or memorial services, it's it's kind of it's a one time thing where all these people come and it's kind of hard to recreate that, especially six months, a year down the road, because a lot of people have moved on, you know, Mm -hmm. things have other things have happened. But for the person who's lost the loved one, they're still maybe kind of stuck. I know that people are feeling another thing people have been really talking about a lot is they're not able to give their loved one the service that they deserve. Right. Because that's big too, is you feel this obligation and this want to show that person how much they were cared for too. And, and you want to see that too, as a person, as when you're mourning and grieving. Yeah. And you can't have, and part of that Mm -hmm. is just, as you said before, seeing this line of people and, or, you know, or you see people that you haven't seen in many, many years and they show up and they share memories. And I think that is very sad. I mean, it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around that for those of us that have lost a loved one that had that opportunity to see people we know that aren't going to get that, yeah. it's heartbreaking. Absolutely. And I would encourage people to still participate in those small rituals. Like know that uh, something as simple as having a couple of your family members over and talking about memories with that person, maybe enjoying just a meal together, maybe something that your loved one really liked, or just looking at pictures together. Like those maybe aren't the big ritual that you would want necessarily, but you're still being able to memorialize them in some way. Mm-hmm. We often hear about grief, funerals, we hear about the word closure. What does that mean? Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people use that word closure. It's not really a word I like to use because it almost sounds like you're you've had the funeral okay, now I have, now I've had a closure, my loved one's gone and I can move on. And Mm -hmm. I kind of, I just don't agree with that necessarily. It's more like the first step in starting that process of mourning and healing. And you don't really ever heal from grief. There's no really closure when Mm -hmm. your loved one dies. It's more just learning to walk with your grief every day and cope with it. How have, have you talked to people who've had you know, a loved one pass away in the hospital. This is the other thing we're seeing is like people can't be there when their loved one has passed away, maybe in a hospital, nursing home facility, how hard that is that, you know, they died with caregivers and not family around. Yes, that has been a lot. And our hearts definitely go out to all those individuals right now that haven't been able to be with their family members, uh, COVID-19 has definitely had a tremendous impact on the grieving process. I I find that many people are experiencing grief more intensified. I mean, it's not that, it it just depends on the loss in a lot of ways. But yeah, a lot of times it's like they don't feel like they got to say goodbye or they got to 
give their loved one the comfort of them being there with them. Uh, you, I mean, you see that all the time when someone's at the end of their life. You see tons of family members just around their bed and able to be there with them to give them a peaceful, peaceful ending of life. And, and a lot of people are struggling with that. Um, and then, you know, grief is already a very isolating experience. So then to spend your grief in isolation, that's incredibly tough too. So, and I feel like we're seeing a lot of people having trouble accepting the reality of the death because you didn't really get to be with that person. So you didn't really see it. And our brains are so powerful and they play tricks on us. And it's like, did this really happen? I'm not sure. You're already in a grief fog. So you're already kind of unsure if that happened whenever you do get to see it. And then whenever you don't get to see it or be with that person, it's so delayed. How, how are you helping people through that who have kind of are in that grief, that fog of like, did this happen? Did it not? Just really letting them talk. We're, I find that I've been doing a lot more calls, a lot, like maybe someone I would only call maybe one or two times a month. I'm calling them weekly mm-hmm. and just kind of talking with them about their loss and their, and letting them share memories. Um, also, we have been able to start offering our in-person services again, you know, with all of the precautions, but that's helped people too, to just know that, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We will be able to talk about this soon. Um, but yeah, just kind of really amping up the, the calls and really just checking in on the people a lot and um, letting them talk about what they're feeling. So in your time of doing this, what are the ways that people that you've found people have expressed grief? It's not just sadness and crying. I'm sure it, it comes out in many forms. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways that people express grief. I mean, we, you have the people that are angry, you know, just, just so angry. Sometimes they're angry at themselves. They're angry at their loved ones. They're angry at family members. They're angry at uh, God. You know, that's a huge one, having faith issues. Uh, and other times you'll see people having a lot of anxiety, not able to really leave the house or feeling worried all the time. Um, a lot of people talk about remembering thing, memories at the end of life. And that can be really tough, um, because you're only really kind of focused on those negative things in the be in the beginning. And, and then you kind of start to transform into the positive and the good memories. But that, that experience that they have at the end of their life is very hard too. So there, there's lots of different ways. Um, we try to just encourage people to take care of themselves. We try to help, you know, we do a lot of journaling things with them. There's books that they can read, mm-hmm. uh, encouraging them to just be open and talking to their family members if they're having a bad day. It's really there's no one thing, one size fits all. It's like right. it's like you just gotta you know see how that person is dealing with it and then help them in the best way for them. It's very individualized. So what would you say to anybody out there who's struggling with grief and they're they're just they don't know what to do, who to turn to? I, I would say um, it's okay to not be okay right now. You know, it's that's okay. Like right now, this is a very hard time and. Sometimes accepting those bad feelings that I'm having a bad day, I'm having a sad day. Sometimes that can be incredibly hard to just accept and sit with. But try to do that as best you can and 
if you don't have a family member you can call, if you don't have a friend you can call, reach out to us, you know, reach out to a, a counselor, reach out to someone in your church, reach out to someone that can just sit with you and listen, even if it's just on the phone. Um, I would say don't just keep holding on, spend extra time taking care of yourself. Uh, you deserve that. You deserve to take care of yourself right now. Do one thing that brings you a little bit of joy each day if you can. Um, you know, you're never alone and just be with that person for as long as they need you. All right. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us. Thank today. you for having me. All right. To learn more about Lincoln Land Hospice and all of the services they provide, visit our website at sarahbush.org slash hospice or call 1-800-454-4055. That's 1-800-454-4055. Thanks for listening to this edition of Health Styles, presented by Sarah Bush Lincoln.